Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 30th of June 2011. Newcomers, I always suggest you look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and help yourself to the audios which are there for free downloaders an awful lot to choose from, and hopefully by the time you're finished, you'll have read a lot lot of books, I suggest. You'll also understand the big system that overlays all the governmental systems uh, on the planet. In fact, they're a superstructure around the whole planet, all the private foundations, private organizations that are incredibly well funded by the foundations, which usually are owned by international corporations or international money lenders as opposed to just straight bankers. And you'll find out that the world is literally planned in advance, the future that each generation will live through, and how we're even trained to to expect the big changes they have planned for you. We're trained that way not to expect too much as you go into austerity. I'm sure that's how they're training all the children, even going into kindergarten right now. And they've been doing this for an awful long time. If you want to hold on to power, you must always plan the future, otherwise you're liable to lose it. So the big boys have been here for an awful long time. Make sure that every generation knows its place and is trained to know its place and will behave in exactly the manner that they've been been indoctrinated to behave in. And uh, it's quite an art, really. But, But then that's no problem when you have hundreds of think tanks working on every single problem and finding solutions to the problems, how to overcome problems. Before they even move one piece on the chessboard, they plan it like a war. Just like the same strategy as a war. So help yourself to this audio. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you, so you can purchase the books and discs I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can use a personal check. You can also use an international postal money order, or you can use PayPal. You'll find the, the donation button on the com site, and you can follow it up with an email with name, address, and order. And I'll get it out to you. Now, Canada Post has been on strike. They're back again, but it'll take them a week or so to get uh, back up to speed on what they're with the backlog and all the rest of it. But at least they're back to work. So hopefully the mail will start getting through now. Across the rest of the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and again, PayPal to order using the donation button. And straight donations really are very welcome. doesn't matter how small it is either. If it was regular, it would certainly, it all certainly help uh, cumulatively. So... I talk on this broadcast about the history and the future of the organizations uh, that have planned our future as they planned your parents before you and your grandparents and even before that too. Because as I say, it's a very old uh, system or or organization, even was set up long before you had the the term democracy. And when democracy came along, personally, I think they, they gave it to the people. Uh, knowing they'd always give you the leaders and the party members to vote for. So it would be a big front 
to keep you from rebelling every four or five years as uh, as the landlords came around and took all your cattle and sheep away or whoever else it happened to be in the 1700s. They knew all this was coming up. They watched what was going on in France, and they said, well, it's not going to happen anywhere else. So we'll give them this fake thing called democracy where uh, the, the politicians will pretend to serve the people, but in actuality they'll all be well chosen in advance and the, none of them can step out of line. They can't step out of line at all. They're on the party, you see. So whatever the, the head guy says is, is, is the party, and they go along. They're, they're just like seals at the circus. They used to stand up on little boxes and clap their front fins. That's what the party is. They clap for their leader, and the leader has given his marching orders before he's even put in there as a leader by those who own him. And it's the same across most of the world today. And we'll, we'll talk about what they've got planned for us as we go back into the, the second uh, part after, after this show, after this break, I should say. Talk to you in a minute. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix. As I mentioned earlier there, the system we have is bogus, as we well know. Uh, the big boys, the bankers themselves, prefer what's now called socialism to work with because socialism is, a, is really a control freak uh, mechanism to go invade everyone's lives. They believe in behaviorism and creating the perfect uh, citizen, uh, worker, whatever it happens to be, uh, by starting very... On the very young at school, through behaviorism and scientific uh, education, as Bertrand Russell called it, scientific indoctrination. It's very, once that indoctrination is taken, very few can escape it and realize they've been conned because it has shaped their minds, it's shaped their likes and dislikes, and it's even instilled in them what they rebel against, even uh, including other people with different points of view. And this is, this is again, what we're all about with uh, the various behaviorists done through Time Skinner and Watson, all these different guys. And we'll find that uh, uh, bankers love socialism because they're always borrowing. It's, it's really a, a boon for the, for the bankers because these governments are always borrowing uh, from the private money boys. And um, we know money is a con, it's a control mechanism. Uh, it's replaced barter, it's replaced everything else. And you need money to survive, not food or anything else. You need money to buy the food. And that's a system that socialism brings in, where everyone is interdependent on the system to get to survive. All tyrants down through the ages, before they thought of the, the term even socialism, uh, sent out spies to try and mine the data on every single individual because the totalitarian systems uh, means that everyone must be um, absolutely predictable. So today we have that system in place with, through the Internet and various other means as well. And we see the totalitarian features coming in as well, uh, where children are really uh, being given all their values by the state, exactly as the big boys who brought this system and said they would do a long time ago in very old books. And I've mentioned so many on these broadcasts. I've, I've lost count of them all. It's happened, and of course the media takes over in entertainment. There's actually more indoctrination through entertainment for every generation that, to make them very predictable again. And uh, even the whole scam of banking, even when, when, when these bankers don't really give 
gold or anything you can weigh or measure to governments. They just give them permission to just print up more money, basically. But then the government's going to pay them back in real assets, uh, whether it be gold or real estate. Uh, it doesn't really matter to the big boys. The big boys can't lose that way, you see. But, it, but then again, too, when it comes to collecting cash off the people, the government then collects the cash on behalf of the international bankers. And that's why they love socialism so much. It works very well. Now, we're going into the age of austerity, as we've been told so many times. This was planned again a long time ago, because even people like Toynbee talked about this in the 40s and the 30s even, where we would go through these different phases. Uh, The sexual revolution would have to come along, and that came along later, sure enough, to end the family unit, knowing that women who had lots of partners wouldn't basically meet with anybody for any length of time and have the children. That was their goal. They've said that each one, each one of these guys has said separately, independently, that eventually the state will be able to talk down to each individual without family members or anyone else being in the, in the way. That's what they always wanted, and that's what Orwell put in his book 1984, that very scenario. And We've gone through other revolutions too, and uh, and part of it is also to 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 destroy at this stage of the game to destroy uh, what it is to be a man or a woman to, to cause tremendous confusion and to, to actually systematize it in the system itself, and that's what that's already happened through the schooling system. Oh, you haven't tried that? Maybe there's something wrong with you. Would you like to see a counselor or, or a therapist, etc., etc.? And told you what really screwed up children. Who will try anything that comes along just to be one of the group? Then they'll be awfully good, as the teachers would say. And um, and we've already got that generation here. We're also being bioengineered, re-engineered through the food, the inoculations, all the all the phthalates, etc., and the plastics, and bisphenol A's, and various other things, which are deliberately put in there because it it effeminizes the male and turns off his hormones, basically switches them off. And uh, he doesn't develop properly after that. When the women get too much of the, the same things, they become more mannish, in fact. And uh, they put a lot of weight on as well. And they can become more aggressive. So well, I've lived through a lot of this. I've watched it all, knowing what was happening as, as society was going through it. And believe you me, it was a lonely life knowing what was going on because I'd read all the books. And you can't really tell many people who, who take all of the reality from the nightly news. And that's where most folk are today as we go through the next changes. Now, austerity uh, literally is to come down into a system of socialism that was talked about back in the 30s. They had technocracy, and there was even Technocracy Inc. and a few other spin-offs of them too, where eventually all all things that were traded or sold would be measured in energy units. And this is where we are today with carbon credits. This is Carbon credits are simply the new term for the same thing. How much energy did, did it make, take to make that item? And uh, how much carbon did it put off? And some magician uh, sticks his finger out the window and comes back in with an answer. And that's, that's literally how it's done. It's a big con. We all know it's a con. But it's going to really tax us all into the grave pretty well. We won't get the grave anymore. They want to pour us in the back garden through green goo that they've created to get rid of us all. Anyway, uh, and it's strange too, even talking like this, because I'm I'm talking fact, isn't it? It's not even science fiction. I've read the articles here. Anyway, in Australia, where they're they're really trying to catch up with Britain and even go a step further uh, with the new 
uh, ultra-feminist uh, and Fabian socialist government they've got in there, absolutely dedicated to their tasks. Uh, the, 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 they're telling Australians uh, who have already had the carbon taxes passed, the first part of it uh, passed, that uh, Australians must work harder. And this is from the guy who's in charge of the Treasury or the, or the Central Bank, as they call it. Uh, Dr. Parkinson says Australia cannot rely on the mining boom alone. Uh, Treasury Secretary Markin Parkinson is warning Australians face declining living standards if they don't work harder. In a strongly worded speech in Melbourne last night, Dr. Parkinson blamed what he called populist media campaigns for undermining bipartisan support for reform. Now, you understand when they use words like reform, they're meaning turning you upside down. <laughs> you know, change is good, but nobody asks what the changes are before they, they vote these prunes in. Anyway, the Treasury Secretary said Australia could not rely on the mining boom to prop up the economy, and if productivity was not improved, incomes would take a dive. Well, they're going to take a dive anyway, because you're in austerity, and you're also going to have to pay all these carbon taxes, which, once they're on the books, of course, like any other law, they start quadrupling before the year is out, and it goes on from there. Uh, Parkinson also warned the country's national interest depended on foreign investment. That's other part of interdependence. Uh, you have to uh, sell off or give off a lot of your uh, national interests in areas and parts of your land to foreign investment. If you refuse them under the World, or, uh, uh, um, the World Trade Organization, if you refuse a country coming in because they want to bring in their own workers, which they often do now, um, if you refuse them because they pay them less money and so on, uh, then the, 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 you'll get fined by the WTO. Millions and millions of dollars, which comes from the taxpayer's purse. It says the Greens and Independent Senator Nick uh, Xenophon, strange name, eh? Xenophonic, are calling for a review of the rules governing overseas investment in Australian farmland. You see a lot of foreigners wanting to buy over the farmland too, then you're really kapuski. You understand what we're going through now is the end of uh, certain peoples and certain cultures. Very deliberate too. Uh, which again was written about uh, back in the 20s and 30s, and it's, it's happening as, as they planned. It says, but Dr. Parkinson said discouraging capital from legitimate foreign sources could harm the country's potential wealth. So anyway, that's one article in Australia. And then you go into uh, this one by uh, everyone knows of Lord Christopher Monckton, who's the only guy who had a, a few uh, pieces up, upstairs in his head, who took on all of the, the real nutcases, well-paid nutcases, mind you, on global warming and, and, and the carbon issue and all the rest of it, and he beat them all. Controversial climate change skeptic Lord Christopher Monckton says Australia will be tossed into the third world if it succumbs to what he calls the federal government's socialist agenda. He lashed out at both the hypocrisy of the Australian media and the federal government's socialism after speaking at a mining conference in Perth, Australia. Although he did not deny climate change was happening, Lord Moncton told the Association of Mining and Exploration Companies the cost of reducing the effects of global warming far outweighed the cost of the possible damage. He said the mining industry was essentially being hit with two carbon taxes, with the minerals resource rent tax aimed at the most energy-intensive companies. It's very clear that the, the Gillard uh, government needs money because socialism is expensive. That's what I was telling you. They love socialism. The bankers love it. The advisor to Pro- former Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher told reporters, great damage will be done to your economy if you go down the road of a carbon tax and the MRRT. 
Both of these are disasters in the making and will drive Australia into the third world. But even before Lord Moncton took to the stage to address mining executives, he had courted controversy with academics attempting, academics, eh, professors, attempting to have him pulled from a university speaking engagement. There's, there's how one-sided this is in a free society, isn't it, with these fanatics who are raking in the cash, who see themselves getting a lot richer by all these grants on carbon that they're going to get. By the way, most of these guys who helped uh, supposedly convince the Prime Minister shouldn't make any convincing um, about the, the, the carbon being the problem, which it isn't, um, took to the hills basically when they were getting threatened by the public for, because they knew damn well these guys were behind it so they get all these massive grants. They literally went in there hiding. That was in the papers too. And it says about 50 Australia, Australian academics urged the University of Notre Dame to cancel his lecture, which is being sponsored by mining magnate Gina Reinhardt. And I'll, I'll talk a little, little bit more on this when I come back, because it's awfully important, because we're all going to get the same laws rammed down our throats very shortly. Back after a moment. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the Matrix reading article about Lord Moncton who got harangued in Australia by all those who are going to make a lot of personally, make a lot of cash off the carbon taxes. It's great how your values are shaped by them, your income, isn't it? Anyway, he, he got harangued at Notre Dame by 50 academics who didn't want to hear him. And what his answer to that was, he says, uh, he wasn't faced by the push, but said that if it involved only 50 academics, then Australian academia is in a better state than many parts of the world, because in most parts of the world now they're all getting payoffs and grants and all the rest of it to push absolute lies. Anyway, uh, it says, um, it says, uh, when you scroll further down here, he, he was called everything. They, they, they tried to call him everything, all the nasty things. He says um, um, that he was called, uh, uh, what was it here? They, they tried to associate him with Nazis and uh, be a Nazi, a Nazi and, and a fascist as well at the same time. And this was uh, uh, what it Ross Garneau, apparently, that was, it was a, um, the government's climate change advisor, Ross Garneau, who he last week called a fascist and associated with Adolf Hitler. However, he too said he was owed an apology from the Australian media for comparing him to a Holocaust denier. I wonder if they called him heterosexual too, all those nasty words, you know, and things like that. Is, you know what I'm saying? He, he said one of the journalists had written in a column that climate change skeptics should be gassed. Do you understand the fanatics and greedy bar stewards, you know, uh, that are going to profit off of this and so, and so angry at anybody that can take away all this massive money that's going to make them awfully rich? As they, as they skimp everything off the ordinary folk, the poor folk. You understand, they've tried for years to get new taxes through for simply having you exist. If Thatcher tried the, the head tax, well, this is even better. They call it the, the carbon tax. They dress it up in a scientific garb, so it must be true, right? And, and everyone's kind of confused. They can't see it as what, for what it is. It's just the same thing. It's, it's a tax for living, for existing. 
are these greenies attacking all the rabbits and making them pee up as well and, and the elephants, etc.? Oh, I don't think so. Just as apparently, you know. But it's all to do with massive, massive money and controlling your entire way of life. And to go even further, uh, this tax is from Australia too. Uh, carbon tax uh, comp for medical equipment users. It says that the federal government's much-awaited carbon tax compensation package will include an additional payment to 110,000 households that rely on essential medical equipment at home. They're housebound and needed equipment to live. These people have high electricity costs due to their use of equipment, such as a dialysis machine or other life support devices at home. And so they receive special annual cash payments that will fully cover the average price increase of electricity. What about the rest of the public? You understand how these hypocrites do this kind of stuff? Oh, look how good we are. We care about the elderly. They're trying to kill us all off by offering us euthanasia, for God's sake. Utter hypocrites. Utter hypocrites. Disgusting, aren't they? And to, <laughs> uh, you understand that, that um, as I say, if anything's dressed in a scientific garb, we've all been trained too, to, to, to kowtow to, and, and cow down to these these uh, guys in white coats. If it's scientific, it must be awfully good. You have no idea how, 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 how messed up hospitals are, how many mistakes are made on every single day by these great professionals who are there because they love the people that they charge you billions of bucks for everything. You know what I'm saying? You know, these, these great altruistic people who, who generally say, I'm going to be a lawyer or a doctor, you know, <laughs> because that's where the cash is. Anyway, organs of those kids killed by euthanasia are now being sold on the market by these wonderful ghouls, these ghoulish parasites. You understand, as I said, we're getting farmed. You understand that? And after you're dead, they're still making cash off you. It's just, this is, this is the, the modern world of, of progress, they call, they call this progress, by the way. Doctors are impressed by the superior condition of lungs taken from people who killed were killed by lethal injection compared to those extracted from those killed in accidents. Surgeons in Leuven between 2007 and 2009 successfully transplanted four pairs of lungs from people who died from euthanasia. Uh, Cancer victims cannot be donors, so the cases involved uh, one person with an unbearable mental disorder. So I guess there you go again, we'll get the mental ones first, you know, they can't speak up for themselves. And the other three people suffering from a debilitating benign disease such as neurological or muscular disorder. Uh, all of the donors had given their consent. Well, they won't know if they're given it or not, actually, especially the ones with mental problems. And most folk don't even know if they've signed something along their lives or they haven't. And, and often they're completely ignoring it anyway and just telling you that, well, they did. <laughs> the cases were detailed in a report in a medical journal called Applied Cardiopulmonary Pathophysiology. The authors of the study, initial experience with transplantation of lungs recovered from donors after euthanasia, insisted that doctors were acting strictly within Belgian guidelines on euthanasia, which was legalized in 2002. They reveal how donors were admitted to the hospital a few hours before the planned euthanasia procedure. And then a central uh, venous line was placed in a room adjacent to the operating room, said a report by Dr. Van Romdonk et al., a team of surgeons from Leuven. Donors were 
uh, heparinized, that's to, an anticoagulant is put into their blood, basically, immediately before a cocktail of drugs was given by the treating physician who agreed to perform the euthanasia. The patient was announced dead, so they killed him on the spot on cardiorespiratory criteria by three independent physicians. So that makes murder okay, isn't it? But you've got three independent physicians who are all going to get big paychecks off these selling these lungs here. Hmm? What a world. See it for what it is, eh? Try. Back after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix talking about the, the ghouls that are in the organ transplant business and it is a massive business, very, very expensive business, well paid for the guys involved. And it says here too, Dr. Pierre Saunders of Care Not Killing, an umbrella group of more than 50 British medical disability and religious charities opposed to euthanasia, said he was shot by the report. He was amazed at how nonchalantly the issue was dealt with, as if killing patients and then harvesting their organs was the most natural thing in the world. Given that half of all euthanasia cases in Belgium are involuntary, it must be only a matter of time before the organs are taken from patients who are euthanized without their consent. That happens uh, quite often in Holland, but started it off, and even killed a nun there, and she certainly didn't give her permission to be knocked off. The matter-of-fact way the retrieval process is described in the paper is particularly chilling and shows the degree of collaboration that is necessary between the euthanasia team and the transplant surgeons. Prep them for theatre next to the operating room, then kill them and wheel them in for organ retrieval, all in a day's work in brave new Belgium. But again, it's coming to a place near you if it's not already there. Generally, is it already there? You just don't know about it. And there's a lot of cash for these generally old fat men, especially in the States and Canada, who get it done in the U.S. Because I know transplant surgeons and uh, what goes on. And uh, they fly around in private jets to harvest organs from people who are not dead yet. And uh, big bucks go are getting paid to them by the, 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 the very wealthy, extremely wealthy, very elderly fat fellows who, who end up getting the, the transplant. So that's the way it is. By the way, uh, one of them was telling me that the, it's never been so good for them for this particular line of business in the U.S. because there are so many young Americans committing suicide. It's staggering. And the transplant surgeons all get to know each other from different parts of the States because when there's a fresh, it's not a kill yet, but someone's dying or, or they're called brain dead now, you don't have to be dead, uh, they all meet each other. One comes for the kidneys, one comes for the liver, one comes for the, for the heart and lungs and so on. So they all get to know each other very well. But that, that's a fact too. The business is booming. So many young suicide cases. Uh, they're utterly confused, almost schizoid by their system they're getting born into nowadays and confused by the gender and all the rest of it. And business is booming. So uh, there you go. That's our brave new world. It's all here. And on top of that, you're going to get taxed for every breath that you take. You're going to get taxes for existing and for using that little bit of electricity. And by the way, last night I mentioned this big test that's not going to go on in the U.S. and maybe into Canada to do with the smart grid. And that's what it is. Lots of you you have already had your smart meters put in, and you don't realize you already have your smart chips and all the little items that you buy from from for people who have washing machines or 
um, any electrical appliance, in fact, has these smart chips that communicates to the darn meter, and then it, it sends it off through different, three different ways to the suppliers, and they can actually tell what you're using at that time and give little warnings if you're using too much electricity. And that's how they're going to bring the big carbon taxes in or energy taxes. It's one and the same thing in, in most of the, the world through your electricity meter. Believe you me, that's the way that they've chosen it's much easier, isn't it? Just, just divert them off what it really is and call it something else and they won't figure it out. Because most folk need to be told how to figure things out nowadays. And that's a sad truth. Very sad truth. Meanwhile, as they jack up the, the gasoline prices, this article here says, The American Petroleum Institute, the API, said last week that U.S. oil supplies rose to the highest levels in 31 years for the month of May. In the, e, the EIA report for May 27th, crude oil inventory rose to 373.8 million barrels, and a level not seen since mid-2009. Before 2009, you have to go back to 1990 for a higher inventory number. So there you go. It's the highest in 31 years, and uh, the, the prices are sky high. So who's rolling in the cash there, I wonder? Now, there's a, a caller on the line, Steve, from Texas. Are you there, Steve? Uh, yeah, okay, Alan. Good evening. Oh, how are you Thank doing? You, doing good. Uh, I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned earlier. It was something that was on my mind earlier today, and I'm glad that you brought it up on your show, the uh, destruction of the family uh, system in the union. Yep. Uh, and I've been awake, i say, uh, uh, on my journey for the truth, i say about four years now. I started to see your show when I was in college in my sophomore year. And there's one thing that I notice uh, that I'm finding really difficult now that I'm finding out who I am and identifying myself and breaking away from the norms. It, it's very difficult for me to, I say, with dates. Uh, I'm 26, and I find it really hard to date young women uh, in this era or generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all conditioned by the uh, Bad Girls Club on television and the Real Housewives and things of that nature, and it's really hard to uh, communicate with them and, uh, I guess, bond with them. Um, yeah particularly when you start they ask me what's my beliefs and how do I feel about government and certain things like that, I know when they ask those questions that it may be a deal breaker because I don't support the uh, government system and voting and things of that nature or organized religion is the way that they practice Christianity here, especially in the South. Mm-hmm. Being African-American, uh, the African-American women are very, I would say they're, they, they're uh, leaving in Jesus and that's their Savior. And whatnot. I'm not uh, knocking anyone who believes that, but... I just find it kind of hard that they practice so much paganism that goes against what the Bible teaches, you know. Yeah. And like I was saying, it's, just, it's difficult for me to date. And like you're saying, this it, is all done on purpose. Because I had dreams, you know, of marrying someone and having a real big family, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. it's one thing I noticed uh, a lot about what the young women these days are. They all are concerned about themselves. They don't want to have children. And if they have children, they don't want to breastfeed. And then you read certain articles where, Scientists in Japan are having cows that produce human breast milk. You know, it, it seems everything seems to be so coordinated. You know. Well, that's that's just it. They, they cannot think for themselves. They think they are thinking for themselves, but actually, what they're doing is simply regurgitating their indoctrinations th- through all the talk shows of watched and Oprah and all the rest of it, and all the magazines that they've read too. Uh, and they're scared of having children on the one hand. Uh, they also want to be free and easy on the other and uh, be able to go, go single for a while, enjoying themselves. Uh, and on the other hand, too, they're afraid of having children uh, because of the financial burden. Uh, and so they all want a rich guy. 
And uh, another part of it is too, uh, as you say, that they're scared of breastfeeding and stuff like that because all the all the, the TV shows tell them the breasts will drop, etc., and so on. They, they want to be sex symbols for, for their entire lives. And if you, you're finding women now in their sixties dressed like the young females on music television, uh, that they're all looking the same now. You'll notice that you don't grow up anymore, you, you, and uh, you just stay a perpetual teenager till you're sixty or seventy. That that's what that's what they are. So you're dealing really with irrationality and, and you cannot deal with an indoctrinated irrationality. It's very difficult, as I say. And most women, too, who are educated, too, going through university, um, they, they go to the weekend bars and they have guys for the night and uh, it's just one after another and they say that that's the way they like it. Once they hit about 35, 40, they look for a guy to settle with. By that time, they can't really get along with anybody um, and, and it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a, an odd thing for them to have to share part of their life. So they, it doesn't last long at all. So they've effectively destroyed uh, what, what should be the family unit in America, Britain, and elsewhere. This was a worldwide agenda, remember. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Because um, I noticed, you know, traditionally, you know, black people used to have large families. But now I see everyone wants to fit in and have, you know, 2.5 children, and they don't want to have large families. You know, and it, it just baffles me that... Um, you know that television has raised us so much, especially you know black entertainment television. And uh, like I said, we talk to them and they ask you questions. Well, how do you feel about government? And you try to explain to them how you know uh, we all, for some reason, we all still want to believe that you know Obama's put here to save America, uh-huh. especially to save the, the African American community. You know they played they played a real good number on this with that one, Alan. You know yeah, yeah. we critique Alan, we critique him. If yeah. oh, you know, uh, give him a chance, you know. Uh, we finally have a black person there. Our piece of the pie is finally here. Don't you know? Don't be Uncle Tom and oh, just mm-hmm. give him time, Stephen. Don't don't criticize him. It's like, well, you know, how can you have Secretary Gates in this administration who's following the same foreign policies as Bush, but he's I different? You know, you, you, try to, you try to talk to him. It's like, well, give him time. You know, the white man had his time, and it's it's a black man's time. It's like it's not about race. It's, you know, if he's following the same agenda, then he doesn't support you, and they yes. don't they just fail to get it. Yeah. yeah. See, nobody. I don't care what they put in if they want to put a pygmy in. It makes no darn difference because you're putting a guy into the same system who's obviously sworn to uphold the same monetary system, same Federal Reserve, private banks, and all the rest. The same system that's crashed you, plundered you all this time, he wants to stand up for. So you cannot put anybody, and I don't care who they are. Uh, um, unless they literally have, have said beforehand and promised and put it in blood or something for the people to, to prove it, that he's going to change the system and he's going to just dismantle all these unworkable systems. Uh, why, why go put another guy in to keep uh, standing? I mean, he sh- Obama showed where he was when the banks plundered the public and then he rewarded them all by massive payoffs from the taxpayer to get back on their feet again. I mean, he showed who, he was one of their boys. You know. Exactly. And Gates and uh, or Guyton came out and said they're going to have to start taxing small businesses now to take on the austerity measures. That's right. You see, we can't let a government shrink, he says, so we're going to have to tax small businesses even harder. But part of this whole world order, order system is to eliminate all small, small businesses. That's part of it. There'll be only be massive corporations and other subsidiaries. That's all there will be. That, that was planned uh, even before I was born. I've read books on it, actually. Yeah. Well, I have one, one, time, one more question I want to sneak one in to you. Uh, when I go out with my friends, sometimes you know, I'm still uh, trying to break away from the conditioning, but sometimes they actually go out with and I don't want to you know, seem distant or like I'm trying
But when we go out to nightclubs and we date and we look at the young women or whatever, I notice what the young women are attracted to. They're attracted to guys who are thugs, but they look, they have a feminine attitude. So yeah. they're thuggish, but they're, they're, they're feminine. They're, they have on the super tight skinny pants that, yeah. that look like leotards, you know, and it's like he's a thug, he has tattoos, but he's kind of feminine, you know, like what mm-hmm. is that about? That, that was also part of it, uh, of the feminization of the male uh, and the bisphenol A and so on. And studies were done back in the, in the early 1900s, by the way, on bisphenol A. They knew in the 1890s that if women, if they put it in women's uh, cosmetics, that the child, the male child will, will not develop to be a full uh, masculine type male. So that's why they put it in all the plastics for us to, and made fans of it too. But anyway, um, they're not giving off the, the same pheromones they used to. Uh, neither are a lot of the women either, by the way. And uh, it's the pheromones that, 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 it's not just the little clues that you get and cues you get from eye contact, body language. Uh, there's actually other things and other processes involved. But they want this kind of uh, effeminized male uh, because they've told that, that they want an understanding, compassionate man. You know, not, not bursting in tears every five minutes, but not far from it. Uh, so they want it all. They want something that, that doesn't really exist, or maybe they're making it exist these days or getting close to it. But they're never happy eventually because uh, in their mind they also want the, the big uh, football star who's rugged and, and uh, tough and so on. So that they can never be made to be happy, these women, and they'll never stay with one guy for any length of time, whether he's effeminate or not. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for your time, Ellen. Thank you for all you do. Uh, you made a great good point last night with a young lady that was in college. You know, it's nothing more gratifying than finding out who you are. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. And like I say, it's painful. But at the end of the day, when you finally figure out who you are, you find yourself, it's nothing more uh, rewarding. So I thank you for what you do. Thanks for calling. And, and it's so true. It's a relief when you, when it's all thrown off and you understand the world as it really is. It's a massive relief. And you don't have to play the game anymore. And there's Dan from Los Angeles on the on the phone line too. Are you there, Dan? Yeah, I'm here, Alan. Hi. Yeah. Wow, that last call was just heartbreaking. Um, and uh, I think I experience a lot of those same conditions about uh, un, you know the bonding mechanism being broken. Mm-hmm. That's very sad. But I have a big question for you. I've been meaning to ask you this question for a while. Let's say, you know, you know, suppose everything goes right for these people and, um, you know, they depopulate and uh, they move the next iteration of uh, the United Nations to Jerusalem and they rebuild Solomon's Temple and, and they kill the red heifer when everything's right and they get everything that they want and then they're standing in the middle of this dead red heifer and i mean what do they what do they think is going to happen well it's supposed to be pure number one it's to be a pure with no blemish you understand yeah and and uh i guess they think that you understand there are certain groups uh, all involved in this new world order and what scholar is talking about is the, the the big judaic involvement too yeah, and Freemasonry as well. And Freemasonry, they, all, you know, yeah. they all built yeah. their temple yeah. on the Solomon's Temple. Uh, and yeah. the Masonic yeah. Temple is based on the Solomon's Temple. Yeah. So you have a, you know, but the, the big lodge, the big lodge is actually in Israel now. And uh, they, bring the, they bring their heads from all over the world to go to the big lodge, the big grand lodge in Israel now. Yeah, right. I 
mean, all of this mumbo jumbo. And the corpse as well. Or, uh, yeah. I don't know, this kind of, I, I just don't know, what do they think is going to happen? Uh, it, it's an odd thing, and the, the Judaic sect, which is heavily involved, at least at the top levels, uh, it's, it's the same as everything else. You've always got the ones down below who have no clue what's going on. Uh, they're quite happy to belong to a group, certainly. But the ones at the top who, who are kind of fanatical believe that gods went away a long time ago. And their job intergenerationally is to be active in, in working towards God. And they call themselves an active religion, you understand. Every generation must be active. You don't sit back and say, every other generation around them or every religion around them is always based on something that happened in the past and it's all done and over. Except, but in Judaism, it's an active religion and the true ones, that, meaning that, and they really have a class distinction amongst them of the ones at the top in aristocracy. They truly believe that they'll find God again when, when they've accomplished all their missions that were laid out for them to accomplish. And then God will return and rule this world uh, as a kind of, of new Jerusalem worldwide. I just, you know, all of this stuff for something so ridiculous. Well, I, I saw a documentary, um, and there are some uh, rabbis, uh, ultra-Orthodox rabbis, who bring groups of children and their parents up to the Temple Mounts every year. And they can't go into it now and do this sacrifice, but they take a goat with them. And they, they cut uh, the throat to the goats. It has to be bled, you see. Uh, and, and you see this poor goat. By the way, there was no stunning for this goat. They're talking about stunning everything now and, and banning beef because they're not stunning some of them. There was no stunning for this poor goat. And you saw the look on the faces of these young children looking at this goat as it got dizzy and then sank to its knees and the blood's pouring out. And I thought, what a way to condition children. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's horrific. It's, 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 abs- it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, and I've run into these Satan people, you know, my whole life, you know, through the music industry and my background and everything. And, boy, you get to these blood rituals, and it's just like, what are you doing? Why are you killing this cow? I mean, does this all come down to just killing a cow? Well, as I say, it's to do with, with the, the the format. There's, it's legalism, and they've got to go through all this formatic stuff before it can happen. But there's no doubt about it. Um, there's a heavy um, aristocratic uh, Jewish influence at the top of this, interbred with all the rest of them, too. And uh, they definitely want Israel to have a high place in this system. I'll give a couple of links to Wolfowitz after. They're very interesting. I'll show you what I mean back after this. Hi, folks. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. And what people don't realize, too, is that the U.S. is following the exact same plan uh, with Obama uh, as a front man is when they had Bush for the front man and it was run under the New American Century Doctrine who is really headed by Wolfowitz and it's actually called the Wolfowitz Doctrine and I'll give you links tonight where you can look it up for yourselves and see how they planned the whole future with all the countries that have to take down in the Middle East which they're doing now they published it initially in uh, I think it was in the planning guidance for 1994 and um, and then they rewrote it again in about 98 or so because it was just too cutting. Uh, and anyway, there was, um, there was Wolfowitz, uh, and he's quite the character. He's, he's, um, he has, uh, he's a member of the APAC committee, the, the big Jewish organization for Israel. 
And he, he's up he's up there at the top of the U.S. Defense Department making policy uh, on the Middle East. I think there's a conflict of interest there. And, of course, he brought on board Richard Perrell and all the other boys who, again, have conflict of interest in special special designs for, for the whole Middle East. And you should read them to realize that, that what Obama's doing is the exact same policy under Biden. And um, they want to, 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 to cut, finish off all the countries that have a, an actual culture in those areas. And it says in, in, in their own writings to take the resources. They actually call it what's, Americans inter- what's in American interests. They're talking about the resources for the big oil boys, etc. And that's what they mean by it. Quite calmly laid out in the whole policy that they set out there. And also the U.S.'s leadership role within the New World Order. That's what they came out and called it that too after Bush Sr. called it the same thing. And how they would uh, um, maintain mechanisms for deterring potential competitors. That means, that means third world countries getting up to a higher level of living from even aspiring to a larger regional or global role. Uh, all of that was there. The right to go into countries and and demolish them if need be if uh, uh, if they stopped supplying America with what what American corporations were were plundering or wanted or whatever had for years uh, just the right to go to war and uh, we're on the same policy today hasn't changed hasn't what I'm what I'm saying to you every Arab and every Arab nation will know this stuff who runs America at the top but you you can't really deny it when they write it out themselves. And say so. So I'll put up Wolfowitz for a start, and you'll see all the links to different people he's involved with. Look up their histories for yourselves. And there's definitely conflicts of interest, no, no doubt at all, and about uh, the demographics and, and so on, bringing down the populations in those countries and plundering them, taking them over, written way back in the 90s, right into Syria as well eventually. So we're living through a script. And it has to be, the questions have to be asked as to why this is all happening now. And, uh, it's so, it's so disgusting. It's so disgusting. And, and it's like that, the fella from Texas who called uh, a couple of callers ago too. They, they thought Obama was going to do a great thing for the first time, uh, for American, uh, blacks or Africans. And, well, he is. He's given them more jobs in the military and the front lines of the countries that he's going over and conquering. <laughs> That's what he's doing with them. So he's one of their boys. What can I tell you? He's one of their boys. And, you know, you'll never find the truth about Obama, his parentage or anything until maybe 20 years in the future. Just like you won't get Tony Blair from Britain either. That's how it's done. That's how it's always done. But they're just front men for the same ongoing system. Why would you keep voting for a guy who's promising to uphold the same system? From Hamish and myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your God's go with you.